to another episode of Below the Dot Podcast, where we recap and discuss a new episode of Degrassi and the Next Generation every throwback Thursday from the Degrassi Black Hole. I am your co-host, Terry McGregor. I am your other host, Chris Sharp. And today we are recapping season seven. It's a two-part episode, episodes one and two titled Standing in the Dark. But before we get into our usual trivia for Terry and recapping the episode, we want to take a moment to include a trigger warning regarding today's episodes as they touch on sensitive topics. Yeah. um, And in case you're one of those people who needs to know, like whether or not this is for you or not, it does touch on the issues of sexual assault and self-harm um it was kind of a lot so if you're watching along maybe cover your eyes or skip the episode yeah it's a lot for um opening episodes but we know degrassi talks about how often they go there in season seven those first two episodes really do yeah like mm, started off with a bang all right yeah i had four questions how many days until graduation oh man it has to be no <laughs> i don't know it's less 100, than 100 126 okay i knew 200 what, was way too much what book are they reading in miss kwan's class i heard her say this and i was like i need to rewind this and go back because i know this is going to be a question i did not i have no clue i just know that the topic you. definitely has to do with the storyline yeah it was a scarlet letter yeah uh, what kind of pop tart is Marco eating? You would have to really <gasps> just be randomly paying attention. Is it blueberry? No, strawberry. Stra- strawberry. Okay. I did peep the product placement. They absolutely got paid for that. Right. <laughs> and what name did Darcy give to the doctor for her boyfriend's name? Oh, girl. I'm zero for, okay. <laughs> for this um, week. I have no clue. <laughs> Ramon. Okay. The fact that I didn't get the Pop-Tart one is really killing me because I stared at that Pop-Tart and was like, this is an ad placement. Girl, <laughs> I was like, that was so obvious. And the way she was like, oh, we have to make sure they're hot. Like, okay. You guys right? literally had right? like a 30 second requirement or something. I because... hate y'all. I literally hate y'all. <sighs> Not the Pop-Tart scene. All right. So I guess we should probably get into it. We can just dive right into it. Um, minor tidbits. We are introduced to a lot of new uh, or like new or reoccurring characters now that we're kind of phasing out some of our OG Degrassi characters. So we meet Holly J, Anya, Sav, Jane. But who the hell is Bruce? Do you know who Bruce is? Bruce the Moose. I don't I don't really know, but I, yeah. I know Bruce the Moose, and I don't know why. <laughs> Apparently, Bruce is a character that the Grassy fandom wiki needed to mention, and this is the first time he makes an appearance on the show with a name, but previously he was credited as the quote-unquote Lake Hurst tough guy in the episode he appeared in. Okay. But I couldn't tell you who Bruce is. I know everyone else, Holly J, Sav, Anya, Jane, sure. Okay. All right. Well, we're here. <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and get started with episode one, of course, starting with plot B. Johnny DeMarco had the audacity to show up to Degrassi already talking shit, knowing good and well his friend is in prison for murdering JT. Casually. That's a long way of me saying that Mr. Simpson and Toby are talking about the nerdy things, and Johnny's greasy ass makes a snide remark (laughs) and it gets called to attention. 
I truly hate this man, and my hatred for JT has transitioned to Johnny DeMarco. I just think he's gross. I don't know why he's here. He's got that long, greasy hair. I don't know why Allie ends up liking him. He took all the grunge from Spinner's first four seasons, and he applied it generously to his entire body. (laughs) Ugh. And also, you know, I have a soft spot for Toby. Can y'all give Toby a break? Yeah. Honestly, let's start a petition, because he's always just being bullied or just again lost his best friend like that is horrible somebody on degrassi reddit was trying to shit on toby for being friends with rick and let me just tell you guys i'm gonna let y'all know where i stand on the topic if people would stop bullying toby and y'all would have actually been a good friend to him he would have never ended up being friends with rick y'all left Mm -hmm. him to his own devices with no friends by himself and then you're like i can't believe he was friends with rick did you want to be his friend no right Right, because who else was he going to be friends with? He's always gonna, obviously going to gravitate towards someone else that does not have a lot of friends. Exactly. So Toby is rightfully pissed because Lakers is taking over Degrassi, and he's complaining about how Johnny DeMarco was present for the incident and did nothing, but Liberty misuses a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. quote to try to pass Girl. by Toby. Because I'm pretty sure Dr. King would say they need to whoop that ass, but they have Liberty <laughs> going on here quoting the White King. So anyway... I can't. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is that I was like, what y'all do doing quoting this man? And I was actually at my workout class and somebody who lived in China and was born and raised in China spoke up about how she was like, yeah, we watched that speech in eighth grade. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that this was like transcending the world, mm-hmm. you know? Because, you know, I yeah. think y'all are doing y'all shit because, you know, as egocentric as we are, they're not telling us what other people are doing. Yeah. Because the education system in this country is trash. So I just assume everyone else is stupid. But apparently it's just us. Yeah. We're not uh, well versed in anything that doesn't have to do with us or things we didn't, mm-hmm. quote unquote, win or take over. <laughs> really making me feel stupid. But anyway, that was just that. So Toby approaches Johnny after school to call him on his bullshit, and Johnny refuses to apologize properly, and instead he storms away. And now you would think that Toby having his ass kicked last season would inspire him to turn the other cheek, but that is not the case here. Who gave Toby a podcast microphone? Because we next see him yelling into a mic about how he won't be uh, welcoming Lakers to Degrassi, and that nobody messes with him. What are you going to do, Toby? It's very... um... Twitter fingers, podcast petty, just like, I just know that you already got dealt with by these people and not that you should have, but I know that you did. So I think your comeback needs to be a little bit stronger than a strongly worded podcast. I think you need to take some boxing classes and beat these people ass. (laughs) Or at least get a knife. Come on, stab them back. Oh my God. Sorry, that's not good advice. We should totally just stab Caesar. (laughs) Exactly. You should totally just stab Johnny. Um, I heard that you saw the musical. Yes. Oh, my God. I've been meaning to ask you. Have you seen it yet? I did. I did. But you know what? It's I love fair. the story, but y'all could have yeah. kept the music. The music added nothing to it for me. That's yeah. basically where I was at. I don't know. I feel like my friend really liked it or she enjoyed it. She was entertained. And don't get me wrong. I was entertained. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't need the music. Yeah. I'm not a big musical person. I think that for the fact that they did use them like do the music the vocals were on point like the casting for the Mm. fact of like the actors and actresses actually being able to sing and like have a voice was nice because sometimes you know yeah and i know you love you some renee rap i do i'm obsessed with her so she could do whatever i thought she was a perfect regina yes um 
I could have, I can't sing. So let's just be clear when I crit- <laughs> criticize somebody, but I could have done without Katie's vocals. Oh, for sure. But for Janice, sure. Janice and Damien, I thought were good and Renee rap. So as Regina was good and everyone else was kind of like, I mean, like, yeah, cool. You're, you're yeah. talented. You're beautiful. And you're awesome. Amazing. But also, I didn't need this content. Yeah, that is so true. Katie wasn't the strongest uh, vocalist. But like, again, Renee Rapp and freaking Jane, Jane, <laughs> Janice, Janice and Damien really ate for me. Like they really made, yeah. it, made it fun. They were great. I loved them. So yeah. Yeah. But yes, random side note. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to that. Liberty is not happy with Toby's podcast. And she tells him that while he's playing a game of street hockey. And I was like, this is such a Canadian episode because... He's playing street hockey. They're going snowboarding in the next plot. Right. I'm just like, okay. So Toby goes to the pool hall to try to reach an agreement with the Lakehurst students, but it seems that it's too little too late. They heard the podcast and they aren't happy about it. Toby tries to bargain with them, but the treaty is off the table. He goes to visit JT's grave. He misses JT terribly, even though I want to know what he misses because JT was never a good friend. I forget that they had him like do this um, until I watched it again today. And I was just like, this is fascinating. And then it made me pose the question, like, did anyone ever get Toby help? Probably not. But did anyone ever get this poor boy help? Because this is sad. Nope, it was. It was very sad. Like, that was all he had to talk to. Right. Like, that's horrible. And then you think about, again, his only other friend just talking about him and what happened. Like, he literally has no one. Ashley is where? Where is she at this point in time? Technically, I guess, graduating to Deleting Jimmy's track off her, her yeah. phone. That is so sad. He really has no one. And then even, like, him trying to talk to Liberty, who you would think uh, would, like, kind of share the same sentiment of just the fact that they both lost JT. She's kind of even like, this has nothing to do with them. But where else is he supposed to put his energy towards? You know, like, he doesn't have any that's, friends. That's an amazing question you ask. All right. So he ends up recording a second podcast with his thoughts about JT and all that stuff and the changes at Degrassi. We'll come back to that, I guess. I don't know. I think it ends up better. Let me see what's plot. Yeah, I guess we just kind of moved on for that. Yes. So I guess they come back and it's like the, it's it's peaceful again or something. I don't know. Allegedly. Kind of. Or, I mean, he's out of the drama because there's some stuff that happens in a few episodes um and i'm gonna go in on it when we get there so plot a the lakers drama brought degrassi so many great ratings that they decided to bring them back for a following season here we are even though i should have said this in the last plot this reason this reason the reason they're here now as we know is due to a fire at lakers also this is just a great way to introduce introduce as terry said earlier a large crew of new students since our last set of OG TNG students are graduating, so nice little plot twist they're throwing in here. Uh, Manny comes back wearing a new blonde bang. <laughs> that look, aren't, it's not really her best look, but who cares at this point? Manny or whatever, Cassie still is overall gorgeous, so whatever. And a lot of y'all like it. it Emma worked. makes the comment that many of us were thinking this, Lakers being there, not Manny's bangs, is a terrible idea. Clearly, they couldn't get along last semester, but again, we're here for the drama, not for the sensical things. Mm-hmm. Darcy regards herself as evil man rehab as she proclaims that Peter is a good person now since he started dating her. She gives him some PDA and he reminds her that their relationship is a secret. This is naturally going to be a problem with Darcy because the arrival of new students. 
they pose as threats to her secret relationship, especially because, in case you forgot, she's a virgin. A, f- a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> Darcy gets so obnoxious when she's jealous. Like, I'm just so meh. Yeah, this is, it, it's also annoying that she, like, uh, self-proclaimed as, like, being a Captain save a and, like, trying to change these men's lives. Because, like, that's embarrassing, girl. These people are You don't are have nutty. better stuff to do. Right. You don't have better like, stuff to do in high school. For someone that's a part of Spirit Squad and has Friendship Club and has to go on these church retreats, you seem to have a lot of time to save these little boys. And that's kind of embarrassing. Girl. All right, so Manny and Darcy enter the cafeteria together, and I'm genuinely confused because Manny walks up to Sav, who we haven't met yet, to ask if the seats are taken, and Sav offers his seat to Manny. So in short, the seat was taken. It was, in fact, taken, but I guess if Manny asks you if the seat is taken, you say no. Sav was sitting in it, but, you know, okay, I guess he (laughs) then got up. He uses the opportunity to propose an invitation to go snowboarding or something that weekend, and Manny is totally interested. But Darcy says, I have a church retreat. Anne walks Holly J to make a snide remark about Darcy's love for the Lord. They make some slick comments back at each other, and a lunch tray goes and gets knocked to the ground, and the boiling tensions get interrupted by Darcy being summoned to the principal's office. But I'm going to take this time to say that Holly J wasn't wrong. Darcy's extensions are a lot, and her tan is obnoxious. <laughs> like, this was a really bad era for white women because, like, y'all pasty skin was beautiful, too. <laughs> you did not need to do this to whatever like was your like that was they look bad the spray tans the over tanning <laughs> the extension showing girl <laughs> so darcy got summoned so that peter and her could be honest about the nature of their relationship with his mother darcy insists that their relationship has received the blessing of her parents more on this later <sighs> now i'm not complaining but i was wondering where is emma nelson no I had the same thought. Like, we see her for a second, and then we do not see her again. Like, bye, girl. Okay. So Darcy turns down Holly J's proposition to be co-captain, because Holly J's like, you need a co-captain. And she's like, no. She's dishing the details of her relationship to Manny, where Manny remarks that she's happy as long as Darcy is happy. Manny would like to go snowboarding, and she's hoping that Darcy will ditch the church retreat to join her. But things are not going well for Darcy's little lie earlier because her parents have a run-in with Mrs. Hatsalakos, and we see exactly why Peter is a hot-ass mess. <laughs> because Darcy's parents accused Peter of leaving Darcy to walk home in the rain while, when he was driving on a suspended license, and Miss H is just like, yeah, and I see she survived. <laughs> but then Darcy's dad complains about Peter sending her pictures to his perverted friends on the internet, and Peter excuses that by saying, that was Darcy's idea. That is needless so to, nutty. Girl, needless to say, they are not happy that Peter and Darcy and, are dating. And then they have the nerve to accuse Peter's dysfunction as being due to her being like Miss H being a single mother. And that's where they went from right to disrespectful for me. Yeah. It's like, it's um, no longer school hours. We're going outside. Like, we have some business to handle outside because that's crazy. Right. So, like, even though they're right that Miss H can't handle Peter, I just my am i the asshole vote would be everyone sucks here <laughs> because for whatever reason now darcy's on the line to do something about her parents as if they were wrong and they weren't wrong they were wrong for shading miss h mm-hmm. but they weren't wrong for pretending that miss h hasn't been like or for letting miss h know that she hasn't been parenting peter properly yeah 
That's the funny thing, too, is just, like, no lies were told. Like, they read Peter, and rightfully so. I probably wouldn't want my daughter to date him either. But that's what's annoying about Darcy, too, because it's just, like, you're so worried about, like, maintaining this image of, like, making Peter a better person. And, like, you want to be in a relationship with relationship with him so bad you literally it's during school hours when they had that conversation with miss h about their relationship that's weird she has 10 20 30 40 50 new students to worry about at degrassi and y'all going to her office talking about relationships i was stuff. so confused i was so confused like what are we doing here like at least it was her lunch right like darcy's lunch mm-hmm. but like girl you don't have anything better to do at your job Calling her to your office is wild, but also, again, Darcy talked about some. she got her parents' blessing and, like, pushing Peter to go and, like, up to his mom to introduce the relationship, only for you to know that your parents know everything about Peter and don't like him. Why did you think they would never run into each other? Make it make sense, Darcy. Silly. But again, parents weren't wrong until they called out Miss H for being a single parent. Right. Uh, Quick question. Have you ever been snowboarding? No. Have you? No. I just wanted to know that. Um, That was actually supposed to be later, so I'm going to have to rewind a little bit to say that <laughs> I was trying to figure out if I'm looking at a computer in Darcy's room or if she's in, like, a study room or a living area, but not the point. <sighs> Darcy fakes sick to get out of the retreat and instead goes snowboarding with Manny and Peter. Even better news, Peter conned his parents, demonstrating exactly the problem that Darcy's parents had called out. And showed up to the snowboarding event as well. Peter remarks that Darcy said she would make his appearance worth her while. And when I heard her say it earlier, I was concerned that he would interpret that as sex. Mm-hmm. With him repeating it again, I am further convinced that someone is going to end up disappointed in it at the end of the night. We get a montage of them having a great time snowboarding. Darcy puts chapstick on and then kisses Peter. And Manny's visible disgust is spot on. Ew. Gross. Overall, there was a lot of falling, snowboarding, and laughing, and the three appear to be having a good time. The party is jumping, and Darcy and Peter run off to a room to kiss passionately. Peter tries to go below the waist, and Darcy reminds him he needs to stay above the waist. Peter's confused because, Darcy, you said you'd make it worth my while, and she was like, I took a vow of abstinence. And then Peter tells her, you did, but I didn't. But I'm like, but you did if you decided to date a girl who was abstinent. Right. And you suck for not being upfront about the fact that you wanted something more if that was the case. Because Darcy has always been on this, uh, I don't want to say pedestal, because it's not a bad thing. But she's kind of always announced this, you know. She wears a (laughs) ring. Right. It's obvious. Everyone knows it. So she kicks Peter out of the room and we later see her drinking a wine cooler and she complains to Manny that Peter tried to have sex with her. Manny asks if abstinence, she's like, shouldn't this make your life easier? And Darcy says that she's simply not ready. And I want to wait until marriage. But I'm not like you, Manny. With no values, no self-respect. Obviously, that line did not sit well with Manny, and she left Darcy to her own devices. I do not blame Manny for leaving, but like generally speaking, I feel like that's a violation of girl code to leave your friend by themselves at a party or club, even if they're foul. Yeah. I I also would have left her the way that you disrespected her, but I I feel like eh, I'm I'm so torn. Like you don't leave your friends, but also that was mad disrespectful, and I would have left her ass too. Yeah, I had the same thought because it's like y'all went together. You know that she's there with Peter, and again, that's her man. But you also don't trust Peter really. 
So it's kind of like, what do you do? But man, he's just been shaded so many times that she's probably just like, I'm gonna walk away from this because what can I do? Fight yeah, her again? Like, I'm tired of you shitting on me, girl. Yeah. For no reason. Cause I was really like, Manny caught a stray for absolutely no reason. Darcy does follow an important rule and that she does not bring a food item, her drink, into the bathroom. Because that's gross. But unfortunately, she does not follow the more important rule, which is to never leave your drink unattended. The camera zooms in on the drink, so you know something's about to go down. And a very drunk Peter apologizes to Darcy, who is suddenly incredibly drunk. She tells him, I only had one drink, but she's so drunk and Peter is not in the position to assess the accuracy of that statement. Peter is not very good at acting drunk, but anyway, that's not the point. He tells Darcy that he loves her, but she doesn't hear because she's passed out on the couch. This is after she told him that they can go do whatever he wants, and Peter runs off to barf, leaving Darcy unconscious and unattended. I do hate Darcy, but they did a really good job at making you feel for her, even though she can be incredibly likable, especially in this episode where she's just throwing subs at everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. A mysterious individual leads Darcy into a room and locks the door, and the episode ends. And now, a word from our sponsors. If you bop your head to Degrassi Jams the way we do, then you'll no doubt love checking out the new EP coming out this Valentine's Day by Abstract Sam. Remember, that's A-B-S-T-R-A-C-T-S-A-M-M. The EP will include three new songs about breakups and heartbreak and a poem about crushing on someone new. But honestly, as you know, Terry and I are just here for the petty slander about her exes. Of course, as we said last week, we did get a sneak preview of the EP and it has absolutely been stuck in our heads since, honestly, last week. Um, One of the lines from the songs um, was about when you hurt, I'm the buffer, I am so sorry about your mother. And I just like slandering people's mamas because they didn't do a good job. In fact, doesn't somebody else have a song talking about like your mama raised a little bitch? Anytime somebody talks about somebody's mama doing a shitty job, I'm here for it because your mamas did do a shitty job. (laughs) Anyway, that's not the point. I really liked it. As I've said, you could tell she she woke up or grew up inspired by Degrassi the same as we were. And you should definitely check out this EP dropping by Abstract. Sam A B S T R A C T S A M M. That's two M's. This Valentine's Day, it'll be on all streaming platforms, and you can follow her on Instagram or TikTok at that username from earlier. I feel like that was a really terrible transition or segue from like, wow, that crappy thing happened to Darcy. Anyway, <laughs> from our sponsors, but here we are. That's ad life. Um. There's only so many things you can do. (laughs) We're back for episode two, starting with plot B. So we're kind of leaving you on a cliffhanger with Darcy. Alex is staying over at the the boarding house, a.k.a. Marco, Ellie, Paige, and Paige's place. There's no more Kiko and Suki. Alex tells Marco that she slept on the couch, and Marco calls her on her BS and tells her, I know you're sleeping in the room with Paige. Paige emerges from the room, and they still refer to that they're still calling the room Dylan's room to say that she needs to close down the Squatch Designs for good. So, you know, I was wondering, how is the store not already closed? I mean, they hung on to this storyline and this damn store for way too long because I don't understand how they were even still in business. Like, they didn't need that, um, what was it, the security system that Marco's dad put in. (laughs) 
Girl, they could have never talked about that thing again. Y'all were just throwing it in there for plot lines, and we want to know why. Yeah, what is the point? Speaking of Dylan, it's his anniversary with Marco, and Marco is in denial that Dylan is a thing of the past. Now, I'm confused as to where Ellie found the nerve, because we next see her telling Jesse that it does not make sense why Marco keeps holding on to a guy who treats him like crap. Dylan, as if she didn't hang on to Craig for years. You know, it'd be like that sometimes because I literally was just like, hey, someone's got to tell them. <laughs> True, but it was like, but who's going to tell you, Ellie? Yeah. And why is it not Jesse? Yeah. No, that's so true because, I mean, they literally had a whole thing about it and he knows that Ellie's like that. That's probably why he's like, mind your business, girl, but she's not listening. I mean, and even Craig still plays her ass in Degrassi Goes Hollywood. That's crazy. But Ellie is apparently intent on setting Marco up with Eric, but Jesse thinks she should mind her business. Hmm. Dylan sent Marco a dry-ass text for their anniversary, and Marco is not happy about it. But you know what? He sent that text at a time when every letter counted. So maybe he just doesn't have the international plan. (laughs) I don't know, child. It don't seem like he even be emailing him. Ain't no limit on emails. Oh. Maybe he don't have access to Wi-Fi. He ain't got that Ethernet cable. Yeah. They must have different plugs or something. So great news for Marco, though. They have company and they're enjoying pizza together. It is absolutely a setup. And I don't know how Ellie thought that this was going to go well. It was kind of a crappy thing to do to Eric as well. Ellie and Jesse leave Eric alone with Marco. And Eric is so uncomfortable and dismisses himself when Marco throws Dylan into the mix. Marco and Ellen. Ellen. Ellie are enjoying a hot pop tart and discussing Dylan and Eric. Marco agrees that Eric is attractive, but he remains loyal to Dylan regardless. But he does agree to take Eric out for a cup of coffee. Was very confused. Why are you wasting this man's time? Girl, because I don't know why he took Eric out for the coffee because he's very obviously gets spooked mid-date and then brushes off Eric's advances. And Eric accurately accuses Marco of hiding under a safety blanket that is Dylan. Eric tells Marco that he deserves someone that's good to him. And Marco claims that he has that guy. Who? Who? Huh. Who? Huh. Anyway, it's finally official. The store went under. Nobody needed that announcement, but I'm going to give it to you. Couldn't have guessed that at all. uh, Who would have known? Marco's desperate ass has been up for two days waiting for Dylan to call. He finally decides that it's time to break up with Dylan right when Dylan does call. So the store is done. Marco and Dylan are done. And plot B is also done of episode two. Done, done, and done. I'm glad mm-hmm. we tied up those loose ends because we're really you know curious. Right. <laughs> you got to take our wins where we can get them. Yeah, just tie it up. Wrap it up. We got to go. <laughs> All right. So back for our second plot, our plot A for episode two. I think I'm probably going really quickly. Um, I mean, if you can hear my voice, clap once. Sorry, I work in a school. Anyway, if you can <laughs> hear my voice, you can probably tell that I'm sick because it's tuesday so maybe that's why i'm going a little quicker because like why did was the last episode like an hour but here we are at 27 minutes i know and they're both two parts and then there's <laughs> there's a heavier two part but yeah i don't know I, I, I don't know so sorry if we're like if i'm like rushing it i low-key feel like shit so here we are but we're here anyway Darcy wakes up naked the next morning next to Peter and wondering what happened the previous night. I'm confused because how did they get that room? Like, 
was that just like their room? I know. I was where were they staying? Whose house is that? Right. Darcy asked Peter if they had sex, and she's very annoyed about the entire thing. Obviously, this was not how she wanted to have sex for the first time. Plus, she has a horrible hangover. This is really awkward for her because it's one thing to have sex for the first time while drunk with your boyfriend. But anyway, so we're at cheer practice and Darcy is tired of being captain. So she dismisses practice and then her and Manny have a chat. And I was just wondering, what do Degrassi writers have against members of the spirit squad? Because this is their second sexual assault storyline. And it's another girl from cheer. It really is. Wow, I never even thought about that. Anyway, so Manny finds out from Darcy that she's upset because she had sex. And Manny asks all the important questions like, are you sure you said yes? And Darcy's like, no, I don't want to go there. It was totally my fault. I just got drunk and I made a mistake. But she's worried that people will find out. And Manny's like, girl, everyone's a girl is entitled, entitled to a secret. So long as Peter hasn't told anyone. <sighs> Useless. I have hated Danny and Derek since they showed up. And I think <laughs> this is one of the reasons why. Rightfully so. Um, so moments like these are just where I kind of highlight that Manny is a really good friend who's super supportive of most girls, even Darcy after she was a bitch. Just not like Ashley or Ellie, but everyone else Manny is really nice to. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, she was even nice to Paige. I think Paige was in the wrong. Paige was just like on her bullshit. So like that whole back and forth thing between Manny and Paige. She didn't even oh, tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like she, I mean, she did tell Hazel, but that's because she thought Hazel knew, rightfully so. Because I was um, her friend, right. And she only told when Paige was on some other bullshit and they got into a fight because Paige was, ran up on her. So, yeah. like, Paige did that shit to herself and she was so obvious. And if it wasn't Manny, it would have been somebody else. But anyway, that is to say that Manny's a really nice friend to everyone except for Ashley and Ellie. <laughs> and the shit between Paige was Paige's fault. Anyway. Yeah. Naturally, in the next scene, we find Peter telling Danny and Derek the worst two humans at... Oh, there's also Johnny DeMarco. They're on, like, my top ten of least favorite people. So he tells them that he and Darcy had sex. Not Miss Kwan introducing that they're reading the Scarlet Letter in class, but Darcy talks to Peter later about how she doesn't want them to have sex again. It was a mistake that she regrets, and it was a horrible way for their first time to have taken place. She asks Peter if he told everyone, and even though he had the chance to tell the truth, of course he lies. Why wouldn't he? Darcy and Peter are hanging out at the dot when Emma and Manny enter. Remember when Emma and Peter dated? No worries. There's no hard feelings because people can change. They say that, not me. Or they just don't become your problem anymore. (laughs) Right. And so, and Emma seeing that in the action. Wow. Dodged the bullet. Jane enters and remarks about how Darcy and Peter should get a room. Oh, wait. You already did that. It comes out that Peter told Danny and Derek who told everyone, as we assume that they would. Peter tells Darcy that he didn't think that he doesn't think that he had sex. Peter suggests that something may have happened to Darcy. You're sure you had sex. I'm sure it wasn't with me. Honestly, it's a wild assertion to make. And the real shocker here is that Peter isn't even upset with Darcy, like accusing her of cheating. He's literally just like, I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it's really horrible news for Darcy to hear and it sends her over the edge. So she tells Peter, don't ever talk to me again. And she storms away. 
I knew I hated Danny and Derek from the get-go, and I hate that they have the audacity to approach Darcy the next day at school and call her a thief for having sex with Peter. That's Make matters horrible. worse. Girl, I hate them. What a terrible like, storyline for them. That makes them terrible people. Oh, my God. And I think there's another storyline da- later where, like, Derek, like, severely bullies Jane on the football team. It's so crazy. Mm. I hate that motherfucker. Yeah, they suck. I guess he's not that. Because he don't know who his mama is. Anyway. So Darcy's got Emma and Manny on her side to support her. But Kim next tells Darcy that she needs to remove her abstinence ring. And I cannot believe the entire school knows. But I guess that's kind of, it would be hot gossip if the school purity sister, who has been very Mm. holier than thou, then turns around, gets drunk at a party and has sex. Yeah. Because no one knows, like, the circumstance. And just because Peter couldn't keep his mouth shut. Because that's my other thing is, like, not that Danny and Derek would even listen if he would have been like, hey, don't tell anyone because X, Y, Z. But that's why I just feel like Peter shouldn't have told anyone because if you were really questioning it, if it wasn't someone that you could trust with the information to be like, this allegedly happened, but, like, I'm not sure about it, then you don't need to tell anybody. Because now the whole school knows for what. And that's why Darcy probably is going to even feel worse because it didn't happen. First of all, she didn't want it to happen. Now everybody knows. And then the way she finds out it happens is just like, why does everyone deserve to know that? They don't. Exactly. That's horrible. No, I agree. That was crazy of them. Um, I literally hate them. But anyway, so... Darcy hands Kim her abstinence ring. Virginity's God's most precious gift. And you just gave it away. Kim's a fucking weirdo and someone needs to slap her. Yeah, I would have actually had to score up with her because it's never that deep. Like, who are you? The purity ring holder? Like, what? Like, yeah. Who do you think you are? That's crazy. Running around leaving scars. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I knew you would know the reference. Lord help us. It's really hard for me to not finish the lyric. I'm going to keep going. Okay. So Peter tries to talk to Darcy only to be shooed away, rightfully so, because that was mad disrespectful. Like, you need to be responsible for Danny and Derek spreading their business around. And Jane pops up to ask if they heard about the Mount Huron thing. Darcy then has a flashback. And in the flashback, we see that somebody did indeed spike her drink, which is exactly what Jane is telling them about. As usually, Manny is able to do addition. She adds one plus one to equal. Something insidious happened with Darcy that night. Uh Uh-oh. But Darcy's like, no, I remember it. It was amazing. It was magical. And Manny tells her that absolutely no, that is not the case. She says, one drink does not hit you like that. But you know what does? Roofies. Even though Darcy is in denial when she talks to Manny, we then next see her going to get medical treatment and an STI and pregnancy test. She insists to the doctor that she was really intoxicated, but it was totally consensual. And, you know, the condom broke. But in the next scene, like, this is just such a dark episode. Because, damn, as if, like, it wasn't enough of what happened to her. Like, it wasn't enough for her to have sex for the first time. And it wasn't enough for her to find out that there's some person on the the loose spiking drinks. Then she's on a swing and she gets the results of her STI test. Congratulations, it's chlamydia. Darcy knows now that it could not have been Peter who she had sex with because Peter had never had sex before her. Darcy also does have a vague memory of someone being with her who smelled awful, not like Peter. 
She wanted for it to be Peter. And Manny tells Darcy that she needs to tell him. Darcy's like, you said that every girl is entitled to the secret. And Manny's like, not this bitch. Right. Darcy tells, does not tell her parents in this episode, but instead pretends that she's still feeling sick. Like, I'm just wondering how guilty Darcy feels for what happened. And of course, I mean, I just think that you, when bad things happen after you did something that was kind of shady, I feel like our natural inclination is to be like, if I had just gone to that church retreat, mm-hmm. this literally would have never happened. And of course, it's not her fault. That person's no. a criminal. He's disgusting. He's gross. Um, But I can definitely imagine someone who's hiding a secret that big and who is Darcy. She's absolutely blaming herself right now. Yeah, there's probably a lot of regret. And even like her. Oh, no, this is a different part later. But we know how her mom feels about her, obviously. Um, and how right. her mom sees her. So that's probably a lot of pressure, too, if she doesn't want to let her down. Absolutely. So. Anyway, in the next scene, we see Manny at cheer practice and she leaves to check on Darcy only to find Darcy in the showers having just harmed herself. And I can't believe that Darcy, like Degrassi, showed this scene. I know. After 13 Reasons Why, absolutely got their asses handed to them for showing self-harm in the way that they did. But I was like, why was this and Ellie's storyline different from when it was done in 13 Reasons Mm, Why? Yeah. And I guess in this case, they don't actually show her doing the action but they show like the after maybe Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's so embedded within the storyline maybe and her character development versus because it's like i feel like in 13 reasons why does it not happen to like you don't see it until like the last episode or like the last tape is read right yeah so it's kind of it's kind of like shock value right (sighs) you already built up this whole storyline this whole character development and then you're like just in case you're wondering this is how she died which is crazy that is Um, so nutty i don't know i mean like i saw it and i was like i i gasped and i'm not very sensitive which is why i have been so mindful to be like trigger warning seriously no watch out because i see a lot of wild things and i don't have emotional reactions to it and i saw that and i was like oh yeah even just us when we had our we had a conversation recently about that episode and just how there's a small percentage in comparison now who have seen it and who haven't because they took it out but like even thinking about that i literally can still picture that scene in my head and i'm like that's awful like that, that one and the and the other scene in that yes. show and i know you know like mike i will never get that shit out of that's my mind wild god that was the worst that was why did y'all do that to us why and and again after season one already aired and all that stuff happened and they had all that backlash they still like went back and filmed a second season because that was also one of like the second to last episodes like are y'all okay anyway i'm sorry we're going on a tangent and that's how these end up being an hour long (laughs) um basically in this big old age of mine i saw that and i gasped but i don't Mm -hmm. think that like i remembered it so vividly from when i was younger so i don't know what degrassi did differently that made it less traumatizing for me the first yeah. time I saw it. I mean, to be honest, the first time I saw it, it was probably aired in the U.S. And therefore, they probably censored that shit out. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if I remember this one. It's like I knew what happened, but I don't. Anyway, maybe somebody remembers they watched it. Maybe I should go down a deep dive on Degrassi Wiki to figure out what was cut out or what was left in or any criticism but anyway that's just where we're at it was a lot 
And I just noticed a lot of discrepancies, but I'm not a TV critic. So the F do I know. On a random side note, I just went to the wiki to see if they like um, specified if like the U.S. cut it out because normally they will. Why is the photo for season seven, episode two, like Darcy's photo in the shower? Like, why is that the photo they chose? That is horrible. Why would y'all do that? There's so many other stills you could have used. Why do I need to see that? Oh, my God. Isn't that wild? That is nutty. And there's nothing up here that says anything about it. You would think that would be like um something they would talk about or give See, you a See, y'all want to know why millennials are so messed up. And it's because we grew up with this. Y'all grew up with 13 Reasons Why and they took it out because they realized it. We grew up with this and it's still up there to this day. I mean, no, nothing on this page so that it has been taken down or that it's like blurred out. That's wild. All right. Well, that's where we're at. Don't go to that page. Don't. Manny calls 911, but she doesn't tell Darcy's parents what led up to this inf- this incident. She read a pamphlet which suggests that they should allow Darcy to heal at her own pace. Which means that you should not tell the parents what happened. Even though Darcy doesn't tell her parents, she is required to now see Miss Sauvey as a result of the incident because it took place on school property. After assessing with Miss Sauvey, Peter and Manny gift Darcy with the new abstinence ring. Because of what happened, what happened did not count. And they are right. That was a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff happens in this episode. So much. So many different plot lines. Yes, lots of different, uh, again, reasons for trigger warnings here. It's not just like one. That's wild. And this is just the start of season seven, so. Yeah. Um, I said for my moral, read those pamphlets at the doctor's offices because they have good information. They also, I noticed they had a lot of pamphlets at the library, too. They got to stay woke. Read those because Manny did and she learned what to do for Darcy. Right. She wasn't just like um, guessing or like being like, I saw this. So that's what this means. Like that was uh, some factual information or like uh, studied information. So that's helpful. Um, yeah, I feel like Manny is the Hazel of this storyline. Yes, 100%. I definitely made that note that, uh, again, even though Darcy was crappy to her, like, I can appreciate Manny for, like, sticking by her side, especially after finding this out and, like, mm-hmm. not holding the fact that they were, like, honestly holding anything against herself, like, just willing to be there for Darcy. So Darcy needed a friend like this because if it was just Peter, I don't really know what else he would have been able to do for but- her. I will say that Peter with Emma was reading books about anorexia. That's true. And so he, um, I, the redeemable qualities, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this, but people said his redeemable qualities is that he is actually a really good boyfriend when his girlfriends are going through it. That's nice. Cause I definitely saw, I didn't write the note cause that is felt insensitive, but like I thought for a second, like what is happening with him that he always ends up being with people that something happens and he needs to be there. But on the flip side, he, at least he shows up for them. He is the true Captain save ho Y'all think you yes. saving him, but he's really saving y'all. Like he ends up Damn. being there. <laughs> I don't want to give that to him, but I think that's what he got. It is. So that's true because he really is there for them. Um, but then in that case, again, just like Emma had Peter and Manny, I'm glad Darcy has Peter and Manny in this situation. Who's giving Manny the ticket to Girl, therapy? We'll never know. All we'll right. never know. 
Do you have any other questions, comments, concerns? No, that is all I have. Next on Degrassi. Paige's new work at a fashion firm, along with Alex's refusal to get out of bed and build a name for herself, produces a rift between the two. Manny is accused of racism by Holly J, Shantae, and Anya, which has disastrous results for Damon's campaign. No, that's not... Okay, that's an interesting description that I just copied and pasted, pasted from elsewhere. First of all, what they did to Alex's character was assassination. Second of all, Manny does get accused of racism. Shantae is 40 years old. I'm sorry, Shantae isn't that old. Her character <laughs> isn't that old. But she's been at Degrassi for like 800 years. Hang on, I have to pause the cough. But one of the things that Manny said was that her being accused of racism was actually doing great for Damien's campaign. But okay, whatever. That wraps this week's episode of the Below the Dot podcast. If you enjoyed your listen, please tell a friend to tell a friend. To hold you over between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under some derivative of the username Below the Dot. Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns on either of our social media accounts or emails at whatever it takes 3 and 5 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back on your airways this time next week. Maybe. I don't know. Let me look at the calendar. <laughs> that sounds right. Yes, we will be back on your airways this time next week, whatever it takes.